0: Hello and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space. This is our 50th episode. Oh, that's actually not really our 50th. Episode. You know we'll get into it in the podcast. My name is Joel.
1: My name is Sarah.
0: My name is Aaron, and be prepared for lists.
1: Wow, 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 wow.
0: So it's been about a year, guys. It's been about a year since we started this whole thing. Uh, we have more than 50 episodes in the feed because we have some that I've labeled special episodes. And as somebody who's kind of obsessed with orders with numbers, this is really messing me up. But you know what? I don't care. I'm calling this episode 50. Woo. Please don't send me in outer space. And we're going to talk about our top five fantasy slash horror movies of the last 10 years. So from 2007... To 2016, because that's a little treat for ourselves.
1: We did, we did. We're at fifty-five zero. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. The big five zero. Yeah. One year
0: older, but not wiser. Yeah, at least for me. Yeah. What's your What's your favorite movie that we did uh, that was randomly picked? What do you think? Random pick favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna say the most memorable. For me, mm-hmm. out of all the random movies we picked, mm-hmm. top number one from that list mm-hmm. is Quincy's Quest. Quincy's Quest. Sorry, man. That was the most random...
1: Same thing for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think about it still. I still think about it all the time. The Lego landscape. <laughs> I think about trains exploding. I think about a witch... <laughs> With a vendetta towards an, a, a toy? Yeah. Some, for some reason, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Why is that witch so... I witch don't robots? know, Joel! she working for? <laughs> Why does she send robots to try to destroy them? I don't... I don't
1: know. There's yes. something about it. Like the anti Santa Claus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's something
0: about that movie that just won't leave my mind. My guess, listener is that you probably didn't listen to the episode on Quincy's Quest because you haven't heard of that freaking movie. But guess what? That is a crazy episode <laughs> because that was a crazy movie. So you should check that out. But that's not, we're not talking about a movie today. We're not, hey, wait, we're not talking about movies today. We're talking about a bunch of different movies. So, uh, I, like I said, I found this list, uh, harder to make, because my, fa- like I said, fantasy, much less than sci-fi, it seems like. I mean, how many fantasy movies do you think, like, compared to sci-fi, get released a year? I, I did it, dude. I found a decade, I found them. Found them. How two. many did you have, like, in your initial list? Uh, my initial list, I have five. Five fantasy movies. Oh, well, just, just like, just, five, five, yeah. just straight up. I mean, I mean, I could have added more, right? But but I mean, uh, five. I definitely had, I a had, five. Too, yeah. I had a solid five too. Yeah, had a solid five. Well, a better man than me, art thou? No, no. When it comes to watching saints or <laughs> fantasy movies, uh, it feels like it was like two, at least two to one. Well, it's two thousand six to twenty sixteen, right? Two thousand seven. Oh, seven. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. You have a two thousand six on there because no. I will burn this house down. No, it just flames. I'm just kidding. I don't, I'm not gonna be that much of a stickler about it, but you know, when we go back in time again, next time we want to do five top five lists, it'll start in 2006 and then go to. Okay. Uh, that'll be 95.
1: We're gonna go back in time. Yes. Some of the movies that I found just by, like, cruising Mm Letterbox, I kind of didn't know what made them fantasy as opposed to Mm
0: -hmm. sci-fi. Do you have a specific example?
1: example. Not that I'm prepared to reveal this. Mm -hmm. Anyways,
0: 2007. Yeah, 2006. All right, I'm there. I'm there. Okay. 2007. So this time I'd like Sarah to go first. I'll go second. Aaron, you go third. Is that okay? That's fine. Okay. Sarah, what is your number five movie?
1: Number five was It Follows. Ooh, cool. Horror movie that came out in 2014. Mm-hmm. Done in a very retro style, indie-made, disaster piece soundtrack. Yes. Very cool. Um I really liked the style of that movie. It was tied with the fantasy movie Stardust for me because I really, really loved that movie. Right. It's a totally, it's apples and oranges, completely. Stardust is like an adventure movie that you, that I used to see when I was a kid. I really like it. It's watchable. I've seen it probably at least three or four times, and I would watch it again. Um, I think we have it. But, um, it follows was so good that, like, even though it was a horror movie and I don't really like horror that much. I went to see it in the theater like at least two times and there was just something really spellbinding about it. It created suspense and it kind of, it messed with, it messed with the rules, but at the same time it was following this um, kind of template of classic horror. Anyway, I hadn't seen a horror movie like that in a very long time, and the ones that I had seen were few and far between because I never really watched horror growing up. And also, it kind of got me interested in those kind of movies again. So I'd have to say number five, a tie between horror movie, It Follows, and the fantasy movie, Stardust, which is a great movie. But I'd say it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a kid's movie, it's for everybody, right? Wouldn't oh, yeah, it? isn't yeah. that what you would say? Yeah. I mean, totally. You know,
0: kids watching with your parents. So. Yeah.
1: But I liked it. Yeah. So that was me.
0: It's gonna, you know, it's a Neil Gaiman story, so it's got that dark side, That it's got that uh, sense of humor that he puts into his stories.
1: Yeah. And
0: yeah, I think it's really cool.
1: I like Neil Gaiman.
0: And it follows is just, I mean, that's, I feel like there is a horror renaissance kind of going on, and that's part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and the funny thing is, the renaissance is reaching back into the 1980s themes, but changing them into contemporary stuff that is highly entertaining.
1: It's, um, kind of messing, um, I think, I think the reason I liked it, one of the reasons I liked it, was because of the setting, the, um, the way it was shot, um, color schemes that they used and trick photography that was done. Like they did some practical effects that were kind of crazy that just you weren't expecting them. And I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but the pool part of the pool scene, I think is incredible. Mm-hmm. Done so well.
0: I agree. I don't think I have that on even my, um... Uh, I, um... I did not know. I didn't see it until, um, this year, but, um, on recommendation from you, Sarah, I loved it, though. Yeah. Yeah, I totally, um, totally agree with you. I think that was just a really awesome movie. I'm just a big fan of the, the um, the soundtrack as well, and, yeah, I dig it. Totally. What about Stardust? How do you feel about that movie? I like Stardust. I think that was a really entertaining movie. I read the book first yeah, it before cool. before I saw the movie. Um, and they both hold up. Both awesome. Both really ridiculously cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, uh Robert Robert De Niro, right?
1: Yeah, that was he, funny.
0: Jesus, about that. Amazing, fan freaking tastic. That guy is so cool.
1: Yeah, I loved Claire Danes in it. I loved the main guy. I don't remember what his name is, but I've seen him in a ton of things since then. Mm. Um,
0: Brown-haired McWhite guy.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's Daredevil.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know that actor's name. Um, his name's Daredevil.
1: Yeah, he, is, Dare, he, name Devil. <laughs> he is Daredevil Charlie in Cox. the Netflix series. Yeah,
0: Charlie Cox.
1: And... So Somehow Claire Danes seems exactly as young as she did in like Romeo and Juliet almost. (laughs) (laughs) And um it's just cool. It's it's cute. It's like a a movie that you can watch with kids. And Michelle Pfeiffer was badass too. Oh,
0: heck yeah. Remember. The cast the cast is just awesome.
1: Yeah. I I wanna go watch
0: it again now. I wanna go watch it again. Superman's in it. Yeah. I know. Well, fine. My number five is a little movie called How to Train Your Dragon. Nice. About a boy who's looking for an apartment. No. Uh I mean, it's a, you know, it, it's a CGI kids movie, I guess. I guess it's a kids movie. I mean, it is a kids movie. It's, a, it's a movie aimed towards kids, and it's spawned a whole bunch of TV shows on Nickelodeon and a sequel and stuff like that, but... Um uh, it was kind of mind-blowing when it came out, like the way the use of CG, and uh, especially 3D, if you got to see it in 3D in the theater, that was one of the best uses of 3D I've ever seen. Like, I think it was better than Avatar when it came to that kind of stuff, and uh, maybe that's blasphemy for somebody. I don't think so anymore, though. We've had many <laughs> discussions about Avatar and how it doesn't seem to have any relevance. But at first, I really found... um What's that kid's name? Baruchel, uh, the guy who voices Hiccup in the movie, to be incredibly irritating. But as the movie progresses, it's his actions as a character and the way he interacts with uh, Astrid and uh, you know uh, the other kids that are all being trained in this Viking village. It, it's like you get wrapped up so so well in uh, how he is acting, like. He's a nerd in their world full of like bloodthirsty Vikings, and I think that's relatable to a lot of people that would be into the fantasy movies. They do a really good job of that. And the characterization of the dragons being like cat like beasts and you know, like misunderstood creatures and uh uh toothless, the the, the uh the knight. Whatever kind of dragon, I can't remember. I should have looked this stuff up, see? No, it's, okay. What he gets it's like. okay. But he's, he's part cat. He's also got the faithfulness of a dog, but he's also just as brave as his, his owner is. And it like, it's a pretty heartwarming movie and also really good action movie. And I'm not ashamed to be like, yeah, that's a really good movie to anyone who would ask. So I think that's a good reflection on a movie that's supposed to be aimed towards kids that I think is also completely suitable for children. Oh yeah.
1: I've never seen it.
0: I'm over I am like over the moon impressed with the quality of animation mm-hmm. that that movie has or just the series in general. I can't speak for the TV show I haven't seen it. Yeah. I've only seen the movies. But I, I just it's epic. It's epic. Like the animation is just great quality. Um, the animators—you um, can tell—they just had so much fun designing each each dragon, how each of them looked, um, uh, the different roles they played in dragon society. Like, you know, I, I don't know—it's just—it's an entertaining flick. Like, it's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's so fun. I basically—I whenever I watch it, I always look at Darkstar, and I'm like, and I'm just like, you know, you look just like a. <laughs> <laughs> like a toothless. That's it. That's my <laughs> nickname's yeah, for my cat. Darkstar is toothless. So. Yeah. That's cute. That part in the movie where they're like flipping uh the peg legged uh, old guy who's played by uh uh what was the name of that person who used to be a talk show host, the Irish guy you know what I'm talking about?
1: The Irish guy who was a talk Craig- show host? Craig
0: something it was
1: Craig Ferguson. Craig
0: Ferguson, yeah. He does the voice of this character. And they're, like, flipping through the book. It's like a monster manual, essentially. It's just, like, a yeah, page, like, this is what that dragon does, and he can only do this all the time. And uh, a character played by Christopher Mid- uh, Plath, I believe his name is, who is, like, literally listing them off as, like, D&D uh, creatures with stats. Like, he can only f- use his fire trick once per day, and then he has to rest, and he can only blah, blah, blah. And this always does this kind of attack, and, it's, like, that's really cool stuff.
1: Yeah. Oliver Platt?
0: No, no, Christopher McPlatt, the guy who played McLovin. Oh, uh, super bad. Cool. Mm-hmm. I did. Most know. famous for McLovin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's also the red mist in uh, oh, mm-hmm. Kick Ass. Kick Ass, that's right. Yeah.
1: McLovin? McLovin. Was he the one that was in uh, Role Models? Yes. Yeah, cool. I've actually wanted to see how to train your dragon for a long time. Well, we have it
0: so good thankfully the these guys have talked enough for me to conglomerate <laughs> the, the the fiery embers that was my list and i, 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 I i've i have I've uh, come back together with my fantasy horror uh top five from two thousand seven to twenty sixteen and uh the, the number five on my list is um midnight in paris from uh, twenty eleven it's a uh it's a woody Allen flick uh
1: I have this one all
0: right so do i I'll be quiet then Further no, no. we'll, we'll go isn't that how this, this game works. I don't yes, know. It it I shut up now. It no, is. you can <laughs>
1: give a little bit. You can
0: do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, give, yeah, give us give us a little bitle.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> that sounded wrong. Give us give us a oh, little I'll, bit. I'll give you some bitle. No. No oh, wait. Oh, <laughs> <all right>.
1: um,
0: <laughs> I need an adult. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it's a entertaining movie. Uh, I don't know how far you want me to get into this, so I'll keep it real brief. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a big Woody Allen fan. Like uh, and I respect those who like him. Mm. That's cool. Uh Sometimes I, I just can't, I can't handle his movies. Understandable. But this is one that I enjoy, and I love, and I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it cool. coming up here. Two thumbs down. What? Cool.
1: <laughs> so number five, Midnight in Paris, for you. Yep. Cool.
0: All right. You want to go?
1: Number four. All right. My number four is the Countess. The Countess is a movie that was made in 2009, written and directed by Julie Deply, who was in all the Midnight, um, Midnight? (laughs) In all of the, uh, Before's, um, what is that guy's name?
0: Richard Linklater.
1: Richard Linklater. Um, yeah. She was in... Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight. And did some other cool stuff. But I really like her, not only as an actress, but as a director. And this story, I have to say, it's one of the best movies that has to do, I mean, if, if it even is horror. This is based on a real-life person who was a countess in hungary in the 1500s and she had a difficult upbringing it was a difficult time back then um there were people being tortured if they didn't fit a certain standard and she had a strict family who told her that you know she was being groomed to be married to someone in high society and basically she married a count, and after some other things had happened to her younger in her life, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but basically this is where the myth comes from of um, someone staying young forever by bathing in the blood of virgins. <laughs> and and the movie tells it in such a way that you just can't believe. Um, because she basically is driven mad by the idea of being in love with this younger man who she thinks thinks she's getting old. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's scary to watch, you know, things like someone bathing in blood or something. But um, this was based on a real life person. Um,
0: Elizabeth Bathory.
1: So I have to say this is my number four on my list. Because it makes this insane story so relatable <laughs> cool. and told from the perspective of a woman mm-hmm. who understands what it feels like to get old and be afraid that you aren't attractive anymore. And to, and she is so crazy over this man that she's literally willing to do anything. And, um, it's crazy. It's a crazy story and I recommend it
0: we've all been there, bathing in the blood of virgins.
1: Yeah. So that's my, what about you?
0: I really like uh, Julie Delphi as an actress, and I like the two movies that I've seen directed by her, which were, uh, what was the name of them, Uh, Two Days in Paris and Two Days in New York, right? Yep. Yeah. I think I like Two Days in Paris better, but Two Days in New York is still pretty good.
1: I've seen Two Days in Paris probably six times. Yeah. It was on Netflix Instant Watch for a while and I just watched it over and over. It's good. Um and 2 Days in New York is funny as well and good. She has she has an odd sense of humor but it's really it's cool. I yeah. like it. And I and I think she's a really talented person.
0: Yes, I agree. I I this is my first time hearing of it. I mean, I know about the detail. Um as it's been, you know, adapted into a lot of different stuff. I read. I think mm-hmm. even, I think even uh, um, the Hellboy comics at one point uh, referenced the Countess's story. Um, but cool, I'll need to check it out. I'm unfamiliar with uh, said director, so cool. It's rated R. Oh, for rad, yeah, radiation. For rules,
1: what's your number four?
0: My number four, dude, is uh, a technicality. Because all I said was that it had to be a movie, and I'm wondering if it's on your list. If we have anything in common, besides Midnight in Paris, because we all have that on our list. It's uh, a good movie. It's Yeah, yeah. It's probably this movie. And my number four is National Theater Live Frankenstein.
1: Holy. I missed that.
0: I'm sorry. Do you want to change your okay. list?
1: No, no, no. I.
0: <laughs> uh, it, it, if 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 the, the blank <laughs> stare on my face uh shows I haven't even heard of this, uh so okay. at all. It's bit. understandable. I think that most people would probably <laughs> feel that way. National Theatre Live uh Frankenstein was a very, very limited run theatrical production put to the screen, directed by Danny Boyle. Okay. Starring Benedict Cumberbatch and uh
1: Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny
0: Lee Miller, and there were two versions of the movie. One where Cumberbatch played the monster and Johnny Lee Miller played the doctor, and they switched roles it around. To the other one, every
1: yeah. other night, one of them was the creature, one of them was the doctor. That's crazy.
0: That's crazy. Mm-hmm. We caught the Cumberbatch as the doctor and uh, Johnny Lee Miller as the monster in theaters twice. One time over here locally. And one time we drove way deep into L.A., into Goop Town. Skid
1: Row, me. basically.
0: It was a weird place. I think it
1: literally was Skid Row. Yeah.
0: Into this, like, it looked like a hole-in-the-mall theater, but once you got, like, past the entrance part, it was actually really nice on the inside. Wow. It was pretty cool. Nice surprise. Well, I'm not going to lie. That's, that's amazing. That's an amazing concept. To, mm. to, they basically filmed two movies, right? Yeah. And they would just alternate showing them? Yeah.
1: It's no, they were doing it live as a theater show, mm-hmm. and they they recorded two versions one with him as the thing, and My one heart. as the other one. But they don't want to release it. I don't know if we talked about this on one of with Spencer or something.
0: I think, I mean, we've I think we've probably talked about it, but I don't know if we've talked it on like a recorded the recording.
1: thing. Well. This is actually like one of my favorite movies I've seen in the last 10 years. Yeah. Because they're both such phenomenal actors, and Danny Boyle does such a cool job with the set design and everything. But you hear the story from the creature, and it is. This is your pick. I'll let you, but. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't think I can assess it, like, in comparison to other Tales of Frankenstein, because honestly, I haven't seen another Frankenstein movie. Not even the original Universal Horror movie. I haven't seen the one directed by Kenneth Branagh. Have you seen Van Helsing? Uh, I have seen Van Helsing. It's got Frankenstein. And I've seen The Monster Squad. So I, yes, cool. I have right. seen All Frankenstein right. Okay, just saying, just saying. But... <laughs> that, count- that counts, Joel. <laughs> Like 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 Sarah was saying, there isn't really a way to see this movie uh, unless you. I, I think there might be some le- illegal illegal copies out there, but you can't buy it on DVD. And they occasionally release it during Halloween in like very specialized theaters because mm. it was so popular. That's cool. But it the yeah the way I th- it all comes down to the way the monster is portrayed. Like it, that's no. Offense to whoever had to be the doctor, uh, during the productions, but like both of them handle the monster in different ways. Like the, when Cumberbatch was the monster, he came off as frightened and a little more like basic and, uh, not malevolent like he he wanted revenge at a certain point and that that is what drives the story towards the end if you know the story of frankenstein but his it almost felt like um the things he does in the movie or in the play his character does them because it's like this is what has to be done this is a matter of fact you did this and therefore retaliation is i have to do this And Johnny Lee, I feel like Johnny Lee Miller's version of the monster was, like, at a certain point, like, evil is evil and I am evil. Like, you have, like, because I was abandoned, because my creator, my father, didn't understand what I was, even though he made me. And people, you know, one person ever showed me kindness, and it was taken away from me. Like I must be evil, and therefore I will be. And it, they, it's such a good show. It's like wow, like watching them do it. It's like it is scary. The production, the the, the way they go through the thing, uh, what happens in the play. They do it in such a good job. It's like even though I'm I'm seeing. Johnny Lee Miller. I'm seeing Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch acting on stage. I know where these guys are. What happens during the play is, like, literally, like, kind of bone-chilling. Wow. And it's so good. And I wish I could, like, get a copy and show it to everybody. And uh, the only thing that I can really say is just look on the Internet. Look at National Theatre Live, which is, a, like, a, a British company. Mm and see if it's showing anywhere nearby like during Halloween time or something like that because it is so good. Well, thank you. Cool.
1: Yeah, wow. I I actually I'm not going to redo my list, but this would be very very high on my list of movies I've seen in the last 10 years. It's incredibly moving. It's um it's very I think Don- Johnny Lee Miller's performance is like more primal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like he's existing in his body and he he does get angry. He goes to like these base reactions quicker. And the Cumberbatch character, when he's the creature, he's more subdued and he's more in shock and frightened. Frighten, yeah, yeah. Frightened like you were saying and, mm-hmm. and innocent. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Anyway, I give it high recommendation. See I you.
0: thought I thought for sure that was like gonna be number one on your list.
1: For some reason I didn't even see it on might, Letterboxd.
0: Might've just scraped over it or something like that. you know. Yeah. It was in the horror section. All right. Mr. Cornelius. So um yeah, my next pick, number four, is from two thousand seven. It's a movie I didn't actually see until um last Halloween ish. And it's a little independent film called "Murder Party." And wow. yay uh, it's a horror movie uh it's awesome. I really don't i' I'm, right now I'm trying to construct in my brain a way to explain this movie without giving too much away, but it's about the movie is about a guy who is a he's a meter he's a meter guy who goes around giving people tickets all day. he hates his life uh it's Halloween time. Um, and so, like, he's, you know, starting to get kind of excited about his life again, but then he realizes it's just the same, and so he's getting all bummed out, and finds this invitation to this party, uh, Halloween party, so he gets really excited, and, and, uh, he goes, and then the rest of the movie is just a ridiculous, amazing thrill ride. Amazing! This movie is so amazing. The director's name is uh Jeremy Sellenier. Sellenier. Yeah, he also directed a, a movie recently called The Green Room mm-hmm. with uh, uh, Everybody yeah, B- Tos- Else. Yep. Yeah, and uh, I highly yeah. recommend it. I, I don't want to give too much away, which is why I'm being really vague right now. But it's just kind of one of those movies that like it's just something that needs to be seen. It's awesome. It's pretty powerful. So yeah. He also directed Blue Ruin, which is a really, really good movie. That's the one he did before he did Green Room. Oh, cool. It's part of the Color trilogy. No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. <laughs> the that. Color They trilogy. just both <laughs> have names in their, in their thing. But uh Blue Ruin is really good. From all I've heard, uh, Green Room is supposed to be really, really good. Cool. So I would, I'd be excited to see Murder Party. Yeah, I highly recommend it. How do you feel about a murder party? Would you like to go?
1: Mm -mm. I've never seen that, but it sounds good.
0: (laughs) Probably violent. Yeah, I would say there's probably some violent. Not for the kids, that's for sure. (laughs) Leave the kids at home. Not for the kids.
1: My number three pick is The Skin I Live In. Mm. And it is an Alma Delvar movie, and I love him. He is weird, but I love his movies so, so much. And you just can't create those kind of characters in any other. I just have never seen actors behave the way they do. Just so. And just quirky enough to be fitting in any other world besides an Almodovar movie. And there's always some, you know, insanely tragic thing that happens in them. But somehow the story charges on as if, like, you know... As if almost, it doesn't matter that much. And this movie, I waited to see because I was honestly afraid. (laughs) Because I knew it was going to be scary. I love his movies. I haven't seen every single one of them. This one is Antonio Banderas playing the lead character. And he is similarly kidnapping someone or keeping them trapped prisoner. The same way he did in, uh, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down by mm. Delvar. So, if you haven't seen that movie, you should see it. It's awesome. But this movie is so insane. I mean, what did you think of it, Joel?
0: I thought it was, yeah, uh, yeah, I think, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really dark.
1: It is dark.
0: And, uh... Yeah, I feel like there's a message behind it that I, I didn't get because I was too like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And, um, um, I have an issue with it that, because there's, 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 just a really, you know, like, I think it's a really good movie. And, it, I think that the reason why it's labeled a horror movie is the reason I have an issue with it. And it, like, I think, and you don't want to give away too much, but, you know, we've got things like uh, genital mutilation, which is not shown on screen. It's just kind of like, you know, something's happening. And uh somebody being held against their will, kind of tortured. But the most horrifying part is that there is, you know, forced sex in
1: it. Yeah, I, I honestly hate rape, and I feel like it should never happen almost in movies, because... Yeah. I can't think of a situation where it really needs to happen that no. I feel like you can always uh, I I don't know. I I'm not one to say take this out of, you know, freedom of speech or something. No, no, no. But in my opinion, when I'm watching a movie, it is difficult to see rape yeah. and the fact that this movie made it on my top 5 list even though it has rape in it is just indicative of how Cool, I think it is, and how cool Delvar is.
0: I think that that's important to the movie. It's not like something that they could leave out. It's yeah, it's like this is a disgusting and disturbing scene.
1: The whole thing is weird. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's,
0: it's all kind of disturbing.
1: If you haven't seen any of his movies, then you might not understand. But it's basically he looks at people from a different perspective, and he tries to find this sort of humanity in all of them but in this movie he also tries to find like just repulsive things about all of them too you really don't know where you are i mean basically the setup of this movie is antonio banderas is playing a doctor he has this sort of estate that's his own it's a private place and he has this girl who's captive in his house she is basically made to live in this room that's like pristine, and she wears this suit to protect her skin all the time. And it's a Spanish language film with subtitles, but you are basically told through the story, through the course of the movie, incidents that have happened like afterwards and before. It's kind of told out of sequence Maybe in some places. Yeah. yeah. But, um,. I think artistically, the, the filming of it was really cool. I think the idea of it was cool. It left me kind of wowed, that's for sure.
0: No, yeah, it made, made like a huge impression on my brain. I totally get it. Yeah. I, I have actually have not seen this movie, but I did see the trailer, and it's definitely left an impression on me. The trailer alone. I could only imagine the crazy ride that movie must be. <laughs> if I just saw the trailer and I was like, oh man, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about this one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the tra-
0: trailer is what made us like not. We want to were
1: like, I was scared to see yeah, it from crazy. the trailer. Yeah, yeah.
0: But then we kind of went on a Almodovar binge where we were just watching a bunch of movies by him that we hadn't seen, and that was one of them that was available. Cool. So it's definitely worth it. Well, then I'm gonna have to watch it now. Yeah, yeah. Good. Anything else you want to say?
1: Just you know, I know, I know. Weird movies aren't for everybody, but for me, Almodovar. Amazing. He's like one of my favorite filmmakers now. Yeah, he's great. Volver, Broken Embraces. Yeah, I I love his stuff.
0: I was gonna say we could do Volver because it has ghost in it, but then I was like, oh, it's not a ghost. Never mind. Spoiler.
1: Well, you need you need to see those movies. Yeah, you should. See They're those. good.
0: <laughs> All right, my number three is a movie that I saw twice in the theater when it came out. And it's by another director, kind of like Alma Dovar, that makes very unique movies that, uh, are very, they're critically acclaimed and, um, but I don't think they're for everyone. It's Only Lovers Left Alive. Is that on your list? Higher up? Okay. So I'll just say, it's directed by Jim Jarmusch. And it also has the late great Anton Yelchin in it, who I think is awesome, and uh we'll get more into it later, but it's Vampire Coolness. Like the coolest I've seen vampires be in a Ever. long time. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't heard of this one yet. What's it called?
1: Oh. Only, only lovers, lovers Left Alive. You got it, yeah.
0: It's got a really good soundtrack too. But John Moosh usually does that. But we'll talk about that when we get to it on Sarah's list.
1: Yeah, I have to say that's a cool movie. And what? I, I was actually looking at my list. I'm like, this is too highbrow. Like, mm-hmm. out of like fantasy and horror from the last decade, like, how many of these filmmakers aren't like known by name?
0: Oh, <laughs> I mean, anyway. like, the film film nerds know who we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, and. And people who don't know what we're talking about, good, we're introducing it. I hope you go and check out that stuff. I mean, our both of our number one was under the skin for sci-fi, and that's pretty... Yeah. Uh, you know, I think people saw that for the wrong reasons, so and we do think it's amazing. Yeah. All right, number three. All right, my number three on my top fantasy horror list is uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yay! Originally, originally, this was Pan's Labyrinth on my list, but... Uh, um, that's and from 2006. That was also on Sarah's list. So it, it had, like, see, ruined it, everything. It, yep, till Joel ruined the world. No, this is a movie <laughs> from. <laughs> this is a movie from 2016. Um, it's pretty awesome. It's got you know Ramona Flowers being kick ass. It's got uh John John Goodman kind of being kind of a jerk. Roseanne's husband. <laughs> kind of a really super yeah. Roseanne's husband. His other thing he does all the time is apparently build bomb shelters. And um he has really has an interest in uh teen magazines. <laughs> um <laughs> Dude, I can't even begin. This movie's just so awesome. It's so good. Uh, I knew like, if you've seen the trailer, you know you're in for a ride. It's a really good trailer. They they they, they um Yeah, that sold it. The music accompaniment they, they include in the trailer is like super creep town. You know, it's it's super scary, it's awesome. Uh, the movie delivers, I guess in a lot of ways. Some people are like, but it's, how is it related to the first Cloverfield? <laughs> <laughs> I hate my life because yeah. this isn't exactly like Cloverfield. Wheah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, get over yourself because this is a great movie. <laughs> you ruined my child. I feel bad that they that they called this movie they like you know, they added the word Cloverfield in the title. I feel like and I understand that you know, it there's a certain level of, of exposure the film could get with that in the title. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And maybe it is kind of loosely related to it, you know? But, I mean, who's to say it's not?
1: Yeah. <sighs>
0: exactly. It's not like we know everything that happened in the the first Global Field exactly. or why it all happened.
1: I loved that movie. It I, wasn't on my list, but I did love that movie.
0: I, it's It's just kind of one of those movies that stuck with me in my head. I think about it a lot for some reason. I don't know why. Sorry if that's kind of creepy, weird.
1: But no, I watched it again recently. It's really good.
0: <laughs> I don't plan on you know trapping any women in my you know basement that I don't have. So we are just, I just, <laughs> just talk, talking about a movie where uh, we think about all the time where Antonio Banderas kidnaps a person and yeah, mutilates somebody's genitals. That's <laughs> true. All right, all right, fair enough. So you're not weird, on All right. Oh, okay. Well, sorry. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> so, I
0: mean, first-time director Dan Trachtenberg, like, did amazing. Like, like I cannot wait to see what else this guy's going to do. I love how the movie can be split. Like, at the certain point where where, where that <laughs> starts getting real, like, we can really just split this off into two other movies. And usually that's, like... Oh, you ruined it. Kind of. <laughs> like, when I think of uh, one of my main issues with uh, From Dust Till Dawn is that, like, you split the movie in from where it's all vampires and stuff to before when it was kind of a weird yeah. heist kidnapping thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you took such a really good thing going on and you put vampires in it. Thanks a lot, Robert Rodriguez. I, I know that's not necessarily a popular well, that's fine. opinion, but yeah. That's fine. I mean, if you didn't like it, you didn't like it. Yeah. Anyway so, yeah, good. So good genre stuff. Yeah. That's my number three.
1: That was a really good movie.
0: Yeah. It's on my honorable mentions list.
1: And I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead did a badass job in yeah. it. Yeah,
0: she did really she good. She was awesome. John Goodman. I am mean, John Goodman's usually pretty stellar.
1: Yeah, I love I him.
0: After King Ralph, he was like, you For know what, man. I'm just going to do good movies. He
1: reminds me of my dad, Ralph, so, so awesome. I always think he's cool. <laughs> Number 2 Only Lovers Left Alive. What? Only Lovers Left Alive was such a cool movie, visually amazing, amazing. 2013 starring Mia Wachowski, Wash Wasikowski, was, 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 uh John Hurt uh, Tom Hiddleston, and Tilda Swinton. And they all did phenomenally and, of course, Anton Yel- How do you Yelchin. It? Yelchin. Boy, oh boy. This movie is like nothing else I've ever seen. <laughs> Sorry, Joel.
0: No, no, I just, I can't look, I was looking up stuff on IMDb and I can't look at the pictures because now I want to go watch it. It's like, yeah. My brain was immediately like, hey, you know, you can go turn that on real quick. Like, no, nope, I'm doing a podcast.
1: Uh, Jim Jarmusch did this. Super cool filmmaker. And Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton play vampires who are in love with each other and have been for a very, very long time. And one of them is living in Detroit, the other is living in Tangier. Over the course of the years, Tom Hiddleston has become a very good musician. He's lying low in Detroit. He's got a buddy who can score him some really rare guitars. But this movie is so low key and so cool. It's like the vampires in this movie are like the coolest people you've ever seen, and they have style. And they know what's good and what's bad. And and Tom Hiddleston, hello? You need to see... If you like Tom Hiddleston, you need to see this movie. Because it presents him in a completely different way than you've ever seen him before. I think he's a great actor. I mean, he can be just about anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, basically, it starts off with... I think this is in the trailer, and I'm not giving away too much. That he is depressed. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So he is talking to his longtime love, Tilda Swinton, about how he's feeling. Anyway, the storyline begins because Tilda Swinton makes a journey to come and see him. But the shots of this movie are incredible. Tangier looks incredible. Their outfits look incredible. The Detroit stuff looks incredible. All the characters sound like somebody you could actually talk to in real life, like three-dimensional people. Mm-hmm. What do you want to say about it?
0: Uh, I was going to say that I think one of the reasons why it's such uh, so good as a uh, vampire movie, as opposed to all the other vampire media that has been had been bombarded on us, you know, Twilight and uh, True Blood and whatever else was going on is that these vampires in this movie are ego free. Like there is nothing there's nothing like we are dark creatures of the night. There's nothing like I'm so much stronger than you. I can hurt you. You know, there's there's nothing like we can't we can't be around regular people because blah blah blah. There there is a like I I want a certain amount of anonymity thing, but you get the feeling that it's because they want to be able to like just live how they want to live, you know. It, like uh, Tilda Swinton's character is practically living alone, where she spends most of her time reading. Like she's in Tangier, she goes out every once in a while. She needs to to feed, and she hangs out with John Hurt's character, who is a much older vampire. But she, you know, she, she's just devouring books that that's how she is spending her time right now but she's been alive for centuries so she's done all kinds of other things she's been alive uh, longer than tom hiddleston's character but he is going through like you get such a feeling for these characters his character is going through this phase where he's into like sarah said he's he's a musician he's going through this like phase of like i really want to make things with my hands and i i really appreciate things that are Classic and I, I classic in quotation marks because classic for him will be you know three hundred years old or something <laughs> like that. But he's just talking about you know these guitars from the the fifties and sixties that are, are are like have a unique sound. That's so cool. He's using. Them you need to see words. it. Yeah, and um, I think I've seen part of the trailer. I remember there being like a reclined Tilda sw- uh, tilde like in a, in a living room. Yeah kind of reclined poster. And she yeah. looked like really kind of bummed out. Mm. I don't
1: know. She bummed you. out. I don't know.
0: It, it looks, looks awesome though. One of the parts from the trailer that I think is, is funny is, is like they have like blood popsicles. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Like a nice treat or something like that.
1: The thing that I like most about the movie, not to give much away, but the fact that it's called Only Lovers Left Alive. These people these vampires are enamored of each other and they have been together even though they've had distance for a very very long time and you get the sense that from these characters and from their long life like you're saying what they've gone through and what she's into she's appreciating all of these books he's appreciating all of this music And it's, like, they have become the most cultured living beings on the planet. Cool. And they have this, like, low-key, cool taste about them. And it's, like, they obviously are more at peace with themselves and with a lot of other things. Mm. But I... Could watch this movie over and over again. It's very slow moving. That's what one thing I'll say. It's very slow moving for a vampire it's movie. It's
0: deliberately paced.
1: Yeah. But the the soundtrack I went out and bought the next day. It's so good. It's amazing. You should check it out.
0: Anton Yelchin's character, one of the reasons why I like him so much in this movie is because he reminds me of Aaron Cornelius. <laughs> Because he's a totally he's chill, a stinky, stinky chill, cool no. guy <laughs> who's just like, yeah, man, whatever you need, yeah. He's a yeah. cool
1: buddy, he's yeah. a cool guy, and it is so sad that he passed away. Yeah. But this movie, he doesn't, pl- he's not one of the, well, he's one of the main characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's
0: but definitely, if not one of the main, reasons. I mean, there's, what, there is uh, five characters, six characters in the movie, if you include Jeffrey... uh uh, the actor that was in
1: Who's Jeffrey, Jeffrey Wright.
0: Jeffrey Wright. There's
1: a few peripheral people that you are introduced oh. to.
0: I mean, he doesn't have a very big part. He's. I think he's only in two scenes. But like, since he's one of the few characters that actually has speaking lines in the movie, yeah, he's he's still important. And it, um, the movie is cool. The movie is not scary. It is serious. It, it, I mean, it is, it is serious, but it is also, like, funny. Like, yeah. They're not afraid to poke fun at the things that they have to, the hoops they have to go jump through in the modern age. They can't just, like, go out and get anybody because yeah. uh, blood doesn't work the way it used to. And all they kind of that. don't
1: want to. Right,
0: right. They're not really interested in that.
1: Yeah. Cool. It's a really cool movie. And,
0: and I'm, I'm glad to see in this day and age, uh, you know, this twilight age we live in, that there's still a vampire movie oh, out there that's wait. like, you know, yeah, they totally sparkle too. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad there's something still viewable mm-hmm. in, in that genre because, yeah, I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed a uh, um, where we dwell in the shadows. Yeah, what we do in the Shadows what we do in the shadows. Yeah, yeah. that one was pretty fantastic. <laughs> on the honorable mention list. Me you cool. too.
1: You're number two. Oh, is it me? Or is it Aaron?
0: No, wait. Oh, it's, it's Joel. It's Joel. You guys already did number two. We're right. on two now. Or,
1: does it go me, you, him, or does I, it go I did me my three. three. You
0: yeah. did your two. Now it's your turn, Joel. Oh, okay. okay. You did your two. Okay. She just did her two. Okay, that makes sense. So what number are we at? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, my number two is Midnight in Paris, but since I assume that since Sarah, it's on Sarah's list and she hasn't mentioned it yet, we're gonna wait until she gets to oh, that.
1: <laughs> our daughter, you not talk a little about it. Uh, guys.
0: we saw that in the theater a couple of times and I think it had even more of a, uh, special place for us when we saw it because we had been in France, uh, what, like a year before or something like that. And there were, there were literally things that like, uh, you know, Woody Allen does these really good shots of like that you get a feeling of the city and you know, you're watching traffic going by and just the building and people walking through. And there were things that we were like, Oh yeah, we, we actually saw that. You know, and it, it, that was like already attached a special thing to our heart, <laughs> our heart valves for the movie. But I think it's a super charming movie, which, you know, when we talk about it, we'll talk about it. Alright, my number two is another horror flick from 2008 called Splinter. A little, uh, uh. Deep. About the Ninja Turtles. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. About rats and pizza. No. no. I haven't seen Splinter. <laughs> it's good. It's super scary. It's kind of one of those jump, jumpy, kind of mysterious things are happening in the woods kind of movie that, uh, is just really flippin' entertaining. Uh, it was well, it was, uh, entirely filmed in Oklahoma. Uh uh and the director's name is uh Toby Wilkins. I'm not too familiar with anything that he's ever done uh other than this movie, but I have to say that the cinematography, some of the effects uh are just so scary. <laughs> like it was uh uh Campo first showed me this movie and uh you know I, I've been told that I'm I'm pretty easy to, to scare. Uh, uh, I don't feel that way, though, because I inhabit my body. But, you know, observation has shown that uh, I'm pretty easy to scare. But this one made me jump a lot. Like, I, like, like fell out of the couch watching this one. Wow. Uh,
1: <laughs> I've never... I don't know anything about it.
0: It's got some amazing effects. Uh, basically, the story takes place... Uh, not to give too much away, mm-hmm. but something mysterious has happened in the woods and um a bunch of people at a gas station have to deal with it. It's pretty much shot in one area location for the most part, but it is epic and uh uh super scary. I loved it. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. Great That's effects. Cool. A lot of um um semi practical effects too, you know? So not too much not too much on the whole uh CG side, which is something that uh uh I think suffers a, l- a lot and a lot of the newer horror, horror movies. I wish I had more to add, but it's kind of one of those things where, like, I don't want to give it away. Yeah. Because I really I, I cherish it, it and yeah. I, I want I want people to also have that, that same, you know, like, what the hell just happened? What am I watching kind of thing, you know?
1: Totally.
0: <laughs> Looks like kind of body whore Yeah, a little bit. A little, is little
1: bit. It, is there any reason it's called Splinter without giving it away?
0: There's kind of, like, this effect that's going on. Uh, I don't know if it's, if it's viral or, or, or whatnot, but basically if it, if it touches you, you know, you're pretty much, you're done. But not like in a zombie kind of way, but sort of in a zombie kind of way. Mm. Spoilers.
1: I think of like a little piece of wood getting in your hand.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: And that's it, an uncomfortable thing to I've think seen the, about. I've seen the
0: trailer, and the trailer was sufficiently freaky <laughs> enough for me not to watch the movie. <laughs> it's something that needs to be experienced. I highly recommend it. I'll check it out. Is it my turn? It is your turn to talk about movie number one.
1: Number one, surprise, surprise, Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris? Ooh. By Woody Allen. Woodrow Allen. Um. I love Woody Allen movies. I've probably seen at least 25 of them. Maybe more. Um, But I think there's something special about Midnight in Paris because everybody liked yeah, it. Yeah,
0: that's a great movie.
1: Everybody liked it. It was a concept that hadn't really been toyed with in that exact way in a very long time. And it was done with such class. If you haven't seen Midnight in Paris, you should see it because I think it was universally liked <laughs> by everyone. But Midnight in Paris is about this couple who go to Paris, a man, um, an engaged couple, man and a woman, played by Owen Wilson and Rachel McAdams. And basically, for Woody Allen I think that some some people say when you see a Woody Allen movie it's like him talking like every character that opens their mouth is like his exact like language being spoken because he does have that neurotic kind of little thing that he does when anybody's talking it's kind of there's this background neurosis going on in this little funny thing like that they all do but I feel like the combination of Owen Wilson playing this main part in the movie and <laughs> the, and the magical element of it of passing through time to back in time in Paris when there were all these great artists who were living there and having salons and having parties and it was it was a creative mecca I mean it still is. Paris is like it's inspiring to all artists, I feel like maybe that's too broad of a statement to make, but it's gorgeous, it's classic, it's inspiring and the movie is hilarious because Woody Allen uses his knowledge of just about everything, music, art, uh history, Europe. He uses all of that to make this hilarious movie which is about a man who can pass through time and it has some of the same things that he's done in other other movies. He's had like Annie Hall and other movies where they're in a relationship and, and there's something wrong and they're unwilling to admit it to themselves and other, other things are coming up in the story but basically... Nobody in his time believes that he can do what he's doing and he thinks he's going crazy.
0: I just really enjoy the time travel aspect in this movie, like a lot. I'm I'm not saying that there are other things I don't enjoy. I just like the fact that like he's just like, yeah, I'm gonna go for a walk and then he ends up in a different time. <laughs> like, yeah. like it was just very uh there was just something so fantastic about it, so magical. That, 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 like, that he was experiencing this thing. And, and, uh, and and I felt like, like, yeah, he was in a relationship, like, his character was in a relationship that was, like, where he was just, they just didn't get him. And it was really kind of cool for him to go to this place where, where I felt like he was getting a lot of kinship.
1: Everybody you know, understanding, got him. Like Every, he was getting, uh, there was an
0: understanding there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and, uh, um, it, it almost kind of reminds me of, like, I don't know, like like being in like a role-playing game or something where like, you know, like outside of life, maybe people don't get you, but once you get to go, you know, hang out with your friends, play a role-playing game, you know, they understand, you know, you guys all speak a really common kind of lingo, and I don't know, it just feels, it it was very personal in that sort of aspect for me.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like finding a kindred spirit that understands what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what everybody's looking for. Yeah. Somebody who gets them, you mm-hmm. know and and being able to collaborate with people who inspire you and you inspire them for me, the thing I loved the most about this were that this was one of those movies that had a lot of famous people in it, and they were all great, <laughs> kind of my personal favorites are the Rachel McAdams runs into some friends when they're out in Paris. And that kind of creates this other dynamic to the story, too, in present day. And he's going back and forth at night. Late at night, he goes for a walk, he goes back in time. But the ridiculousness of things that come up in this movie, and and also just... Owen Wilson's face. <laughs> his face. He, There are moments that are priceless. Just his yeah, facial expression and totally. reaction to some of these things happening are just so good that they couldn't be duplicated by anybody. Yeah, but my particularly favorite things about this are the fact that, you know, it points out that sometimes the hard truths to face can be right, you know, can be right in front of you. And um, and you don't know what to do because you're so caught up in your own thing that you're not looking at things objectively. Mm. But also the fact that when he goes back in time and he meets all of these artists, you get to see these numerous great actors playing all of these great artists of the past. It's, it's done in a really funny way. Mm. That's all I can Anything to say about it.
0: Yeah, Adrian Brody as Dolly for that one moment is like classic. <laughs> Everything I, think, I want is right there.
1: And I think Hemingway too, <laughs> yeah, the guy who plays Hemingway. It's
0: amazing. Just
1: like couldn't be done better than that.
0: Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't like that guy. He was mean to Ant-Man. <laughs> oh, uh, that
1: guy looks completely different with hair. Corey
0: Stoll, yeah.
1: Completely different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've got Tom Hiddleston again, so this is the second yep. Tom Hiddleston movie. He plays Ef Scott. Ef Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Allison Pill is Zelda. Mm hmm and uh Michael Sheen in this movie, I mean he's not playing anybody famous. He's he's playing uh, like Sarah said, the one the friends that uh Owen Wilson and <laughs> yeah. Rachel McAdams run into. <laughs> oh. And he's just playing this like oh, I have so much knowledge kind of thing, but I also, I, I just can't shut up about things also. like, Ooh, the wine, yes, let's talk about the different kind of wine. Oh, and I know all about this art. He's like this waxing
1: art. intellectual at uh-huh. every turn, and Owen Wilson's the only one that's like, God.
0: He needs <laughs> to shut up. Yeah,
1: <laughs> let us enjoy Versailles.
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Oh man! Turn
0: off the noise, violence, and uh, Kurt Fuller is like as the dad.
1: Oh my gosh, those parents too—they are yeah. so perfect. They are great. They are perfect. <laughs> the, the, I've seen this movie a lot of times, and all I can say is it's great. Watch it if you haven't seen it, and if you have seen it, watch it again.
0: It's so much fun.
1: It's so fun. <laughs>
0: Marion Cotillard, uh, Cotillard right? Mm-hmm. She does a great job. And Leah Sedoux is going to really tell you you love her. That
1: was my first introduction to Leah Sedoux. And she's like one of my favorite people right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All together. So, my number one. Aaron,
1: did you want to say anything else before? I brought no, Midnight no, Paris. No, I'm no, good. I'm no.
0: good. You guys covered it. I, I, I love that movie. I'll see it again, too. My number one is an animated movie called A Very Goofy... No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> a what? Can you finish that statement? A Very Goofy, uh, a very g- g- goofy Movie. No, it's not A Very Goofy oh, Movie. Man. Power Lion, though, man. <laughs> Let's go see Power line. No, that's okay. That was, that was terrible. That movie was instantly dated when it hit the theater. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, actually, I'm talking, we're, we're talking about a goofy movie, not not a very goofy yeah, movie. Yeah, you're right. I apologize. Have I haven't yeah. seen the second sequel. You no, know, I, I can't. Hmm. No, it's uh, from 2009, The Secret of Kells.
1: Oh, yeah. That made my honorable mention list.
0: I don't really have anything much to say about it, like, uh, story wise, and I've seen it like three or four times. It's just so beautiful. Like, hand drawn animation uh it being based off of those like gold leaf books that are drawn that monks drew back in whatever century the simple lines uh, the round you know faces of the characters and the the dialogue and i I'm getting choked up talking about it because oh. it's like beautiful it is one of the most beautiful movies I've seen in my my lifetime and it's certainly. Like, uh, I don't, it's not like my number one animated film of all time, but it's like in the top five list. Because it is just like, you could just sit back and, and gaze at the, the, the painting. Yeah. Like, it is an hour and a half long painting with a really good story. Like, like a thrilling, uh, tale that is, is, about like uh spirituality, uh, you know, of not only the, the people who are are monks in the story that are taking care of this little village before uh terrible things are are gonna happen in the future because they there's premonitions that are happening and Vikings, you know, you can never trust Vikings. This is the second animated movie of the Vikings that I'm talking about. It's okay. And uh but That's okay, there's also secrets in the forest that get revealed and... It's, like, this is another movie that that can put chills in your bones because, like, there, there's, like, this shadow sort of monster that is another impending thing that could happen in the story that, you know, like, I, I, I'm just trying to be vague about it because you should just go watch it. It's, like, on Netflix Instant, I think, right now. It, it's usually on there all the time. These guys did another movie recently that I haven't seen you saw. uh, What's that one called?
1: Song of the Sea.
0: Song of the Sea, which I imagine is probably just as beautiful.
1: Yeah, it is. The animation style is amazing, and it's unique. It's Mm. very, I like like that it looks hand-done the whole time. I don't know if it actually is or not, but it looks great. It looks really cool, and it's a different style than you're used to seeing an animated movie in.
0: It's so good yeah Aaron, do you have opinions on the movie? uh I've never seen it oh. but i but I have definitely um seen the trailer, and I have to say that it was beautiful you know what what I, what I saw and uh it's something I definitely want to experience. I just think uh it's gotta you know sit sit my butt down and uh, watch it. you know what I mean yeah so hopefully uh yeah I'll, I'll do' that' to my list here with, right next to uh awesome vampire movie. Only one. levers left alive. The skin I, <laughs> yep. skin I live in. Yep. No, skin I live in. Scary. I live Under the skin Art. I live Art. in. Art. Cool splinter. But you told me about that. Splinter's okay. good, man. Aaron, what's your number one movie? Number one is uh, Bridges of Terabithia. No, um. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it's sorry, it's the last Mimsy. No, I'm just... no, this is the third. No. <laughs> <Too bad. laughs> no um... Well, it's a little bit of a cheat, but. Journey to. In the year, in the year 2006. Ah, yes, December. In the year, in the year 2006, Sci Fi Channel did this voting thing on their, one of their websites, because they wanted to have a hit new show in 2007. And this one didn't make the cut, but in 2007, they decided to put it on DVD. Mm. It's my, my top number one pick. From 2007, uh, straight to DVD from the internet is the Amazing Screw on Head,
1: really, starring
0: Paul Giamatti as the Amazing Screw on Head, and David um, Hyde Pierce as Emperor Zombie, and um, the Amazing Screw on Head's uh, uh, Amazing Butler, Mister Groin, played by Patton Oswalt, and it's a it's a comic it's a comic book adaptation of uh, one of Mike Mignola's one shot of, uh, one of my favorite comics Mike has ever made um, called The Amazing Screw on Head, who is a secret agent from uh, President Lincoln, and he's been told to go on a quest to save the world and so he has to save the world from this guy named Emperor Zombie.
1: I've never even heard of this.
0: I've seen like copies of the DVD somewhere.
1: That's cool! It's my top
0: fantasy horror pick because I, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, it's cool. It's amazing. I'll have to bring it by so you guys can see. I have it on Absolutely. DVD, so yeah. so he,
1: so the screw-on head. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's like a robot.
1: He's a robot. He's a
0: robot who screws his head into multiple bodies to oh. in order to do to, to get things done. Inspector cool.
1: Mm-hmm. That sounds really cool. Your the Mike, comic sounds cool too. Your
0: Mike Magnola fetish is evident as you're wearing even a hellboy shirt. Sure yeah, it's pretty bad. Hmm. That's okay. It's Pretty though. bad. I mean, you could. <laughs> You could have a lot worse people that you were super fans of. Yeah, know. it's true. It's that's true. why my number one movie is Spawn. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really cool. I, I want to check recommend it out. It. Yeah,
0: it's really fun. And the animation, I think, uh, um, is like on par with his art, with Mike Mignola's art. So. Nice. It's, how long is it? It's 22 minutes long. Okay, so yeah, it is literally like a pilot. It's a pilot. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's you know, cool. I really want to see it. Cool. I'll bring it by. So that's it. That's. I mean, that's that's. We have nothing else to talk about for the that rest was of our the lives. top
1: five.
0: I mean, what do, what's on your uh, Aaron? What's on your your uh, honorable mentions? Okay. That's not from 2006. Not, not from 2006 would be Hellboy Two. Golden Army. I had that on there previously. Uh, uh, Box Trolls is another one. Oh, I haven't seen might. that. Uh, Loved it. It's one of the movies I haven't seen. It's pretty fun. That's for fantasy. Um, For horror movies, I have uh, John Dies at the End. I had that on there. I thought you didn't like that movie that much. Well, let's be honest here. I love the book more than the movie, but the movie's great because it exists. Yeah. Yeah, It's got those those Don Cascarilli touches that make it, you good. Exactly. I'm not too proud, but I really liked Planet Terror, so that made my list. Um, I don't know why you, why are you saying you're not proud <laughs> about that? Because it's kind of, it's kind of a bad movie, but I love it. I mean, yeah, that's all that's and that matters. Do you love it do you not love it? Yeah, I love it. But I'm also kind of, uh, never mind. Okay, um, and then, and then from the guy who directed Saw, I'm a really huge fan of the very first Insidious mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the very first Conjuring. Yeah, oh, I cool. felt both of those movies were excellent horror movies. But their sequels were so bad. It was James Wan, right? All of them were so bad. Well, actually, The Conjuring 2 was okay. But then they decided to throw some CG in there. And it was... That was a moment where... It was bad. Unfortunate. <laughs> it was unfortunate. an unfortunate <laughs> choice. Because everything leading up to that was so amazing. Yeah. Like, and I felt like The Conjuring 2 was like, it was like, oh my god, is this going to beat number one? Like, in my brain? Yeah. I was like, is this going to win? And then there was this, like, super cheeser moment, and I was just like, oh, oh my, why'd you do no. that? You, were, you had me. Uh, <laughs> you had me there. I mean, it's still good though, but it's just not nearly yeah. as good as the, yeah. the first one. The first one is amazing. Was that's cool. It's cool. I also uh-huh. like that Annabelle. You one. want me to go next?
1: What oh, do you, Annabelle. What do you think?
0: Uh, my, uh, I'll just say my honorable mentions are Star Wars The Force Awakens, because that is a fantasy mm-hmm. movie, also sci-fi, mm-hmm. and I just I, you know, I wasn't going to put it on my top five list, because I, it is, I would consider it to be more sci-fi than fantasy but it's on it. Uh, also John Carter which is definitely sci-fi, but it's also fantasy. It's still fantasy, I mean the guy travels hmm. through dreams to the Mars planet in the movie, he gets sucked up by some crazy amulet. Oh, okay. That's and cool. When he says, Barsoom. That's cool. What? I like it. A very honorable mention, because it's not actually a movie, Over the Garden Wall, which we all know. Nice. Love. I nice. have that, too. Cartoon Network miniseries, ten because episodes. Because And it is, like, perfect. It's beautiful. It is so good. Like, it is... Like I know there's like a, a comic book series that's going on right now, but you yeah. don't need anything else that is you can just watch 10 it. Ten episodes and over Cartoon Network Perfection. For horror oh, I have the Innkeepers, which is um we were recently talking about the House of the Devil and this is the uh second movie that I have seen of Tywas. It's not the second movie he did. But yeah. it is really, really good like Slow-paced horror movie, just like uh, House of the Devil was. I, I love House of the Devil. And I didn't include it on my list because I still haven't finished the movie yet. Yeah. I think I... I yeah. But anyways, yeah. I think it's... Yeah. I think yeah. You'll, you'll also love this. But they're they're kind of different. Like, because that one's definitely... That's an 80s period piece, and the Innkeepers is, like, modern day. Cool. And cool. It's so good. Well, I'm going to include that on my soon-to-watch list. Uh, superhero, I had to include include one of them on there, and I included Thor, because that's, I just have a special soft spot in my heart for Thor, I like, I know that's probably the least favorite out of, like, everybody's Marvel things, but, like, it's got Stone Skarsgård in it, and Thor, like, it's so jokey, like, it's, I think it's like way more jokey than the other ones, and I like I just ha- I get a huge kick out of seeing Anthony Hopkins being like I am Odin, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> no, that four is an amazing and, movie, and it really is. Tom Hiddleston, yeah. Loki. I mean, everybody's you know everybody you know. Uh, pardon, pardon my foul language, but you know you're thinking about that. Oh Loki. God. <laughs> okay, he's just. Amazing. There's a reason why he was the, the big villain in the Avengers movie. He's just so cool. I think he's the only villain, as far as the Marvel movies that are concerned, that, like, has any presence for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Who else? I, I can't think of a single other villain. Bucky. Don't
1: <laughs> go there.
0: Bucky's just the enemy of the anyway. people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sir. Thank you. Thanks for oh. the veto. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, and I also put on the Lego movie because uh, yes. you know, I I I only put that in fantasy. It's really more just like an adventure. Oh no, that's it's awesome! Fun, but it's, I mean, everything's honorable awesome. mention. And last, I want to mention was another Tom Hiddleston movie, Crimson Peak, which uh, I know you, you <laughs> saw okay. that and you didn't like it that much. Right? Hey, whatever, man. But a- if you love it, you love it. I mean, we've seen it a couple of times yeah, now, and I like I feel it like it gets recently. better every time we watch it. I got to watch crazy. it again. Then it's it's just like yeah. a. You know, it's a gothic-style ghost story, and it's not its not supposed to be scary or anything like that. But, it, like, I feel like it's closer to Pan's Labyrinth than a bunch of his movies have been in a while. Yeah. And, you know, Tom Hiddleston.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think, um, kind of funny how many movies we've mentioned with Tom Hiddleston in it yeah. today. Yeah, I feel like Crimson Peak was definitely one I originally had on. I crossed it off because there were so many more when I included horror too. But Crimson Peak, I've watched it again recently, and it was really good.
0: that uh, Charlie Hunnam, uh, I think that guy's name, the guy that was in uh, Pacific Rim, he's yeah. freaking good in Crimson yeah.
1: Peak. Yeah, he's really good in it. Uh, my backups were what we do in the shadows. Nice. Mm-hmm
0: not mm-hmm. I
1: love what we do in the shadows. It's funny, it's silly, and I really love Jermaine Clement.
0: <laughs> I love the part when they got, when they're scaring the guy through the house, and they they use all like those special effects to make it look like. You know the dog with the person head, yeah, you know, <laughs> popping out of places. Like it's even better when you like watch the extra features and you see how they how did all they that did stuff. that. It's yeah, that's like, so much fun. It
1: that's was really cool.
0: The vampire convention, yeah, We'll see.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> this year
1: it was so good. And what is the other guy's name? Like Tib or uh, T-
0: It's uh, Tidal Watiki. I'm He's
1: really cool too. I think that he directed it.
0: Yes, he did, for sure.
1: Yeah, he was. Taika,
0: Taika Waititi.
1: He was so funny in it, too. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, not that way at all. That was just, like, the character he was playing. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious.
0: He also did Evil vs. Shark. Yeah. I like
1: that movie, too. I also had Let the Right One In. Oh, dang. I love that movie. Me, too. And Joel introduced me to it.
0: I don't remember watching. No, no, I do remember watching that with you. Yes, that's crazy. Have you watched it again?
1: Mm, I think I have. Uh, But I remember it. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I had it, and I, I got rid of it on the list because I've only seen it the one time.
1: I really liked it, and I think that it had something so unique about it. They made a remake in America, which I didn't see. Might be good, but I I like the original. Yeah, I, it was super I chose cool. not to
0: see the American remake too because yeah. I just love the
1: the first the first one. one so much. Yeah, yeah, super cool.
0: The movie's dark and um, it's 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 creepy, but it's also funny. Yeah, like there are parts that are just like it reminds me of LFO. The way that is like so dark and creepy, but also has parts that are funny. Yeah, and, like like. I, I can't help but laugh at this because what is happening in front of me is ridiculous right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's the exact reaction. Yeah, exactly.
1: The good night, which I think we only saw the once, but yeah. I was pleasantly surprised by it. It has something to do with sleep, being able to dream or like go somewhere.
0: Yeah, the guy, the guy doesn't want he wants to sleep all the time, and so he basically like
1: he shuts everything he makes out. It run yeah
0: stuff like that so you can spend more time with the person you can only see in his dreams
1: yeah i really liked that movie it was it was weird i mean it wasn't the best movie i ever saw right but yeah definitely worth mentioning yeah
0: it's, unusual. Yeah, it's worth noting
1: dorian gray even though it was kind of cheesy <laughs> i have to say that it was pretty cool to see a dorian gray movie at all and i even though I didn't like the CG stuff, I thought the acting was pretty cool. Could have been better, but I was glad to see a Dorian Gray movie.
0: I just say if uh, we ever watch a little movie called "The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen," you'll oh, see damn. some more Dorian Gray. No, we don't want to see that movie. That
1: I've seen that.
0: <laughs> you know they're making a sequel.
1: What? No,
0: they are not.
1: What?
0: They, they don't. Do they're me. making a what? sequel. They shouldn't do that. <laughs>
1: Who's doing it? Because i just I haven't
0: done any research. I'll put them out in I just research. saw. I saw it pop up online. It could just be a total foul, think, fallacy. Lie, full of, full of I'm telling you though. I read about it <laughs> and it made me smile because I was like that first one. Was
1: <laughs> 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 and I,
0: I love I love those comics too. So it's yeah, funny. yeah, that's yeah.
1: I've read some of them too.
0: <laughs> Maybe they'll get Sean Connery out of retirement. No, you Pardon part to. He will shoot them if they come. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Sorry. Idiot.
0: Step on my doorstep with that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Outland. <laughs> Another one I'm embarrassed to bring up is the original Twilight. Oh. For some reason, I like this movie. Um, it's definitely cheesy, but the first one is kind of understated. There, It's not as, like, you know, as much werewolves jumping out and stuff. It's not as much even vampire stuff. Um, it's kind of more low-key, kind of more Washington-ish, which I love Washington. I lived there for a while, too. And just, I thought when the original Twilight came out, that it was a different kind of story. And um, I don't like where it went after that, and I don't like all the ridiculous stuff that happened in the celebrity gossip columns and all that crap. But just as Twilight number one, I kind of did like that movie.
0: Mm. Um, I did like the inclusion of the Radiohead in the soundtrack of the first movie.
1: Oh, you know they did 15-step? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm I love Radiohead. Yeah. What else did I put? Lost in Austin. That was like a fantasy movie where a modern day girl in England went back in time to be like in Pride and Prejudice. Austin and, Land's amazing. and, um, no, this was, this no. one's called Lost in Austin. No, 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 not
0: Austin Land. No. I like Austin Land. No, 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 you don't. Yeah, dude, get out of the house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like anything related to Jane Austen but this one was cool because it was as if she stepped back in time and took the place of elizabeth bennet's character i to
0: write this one down in
1: pride and prejudice
0: what's it called again
1: it's called lost in Austin. is that a movie yeah.
0: or is it a series
1: i think that it was a tv series that was released on dvd i see as like one It might have been three hours long or something, or longer than a movie, but yeah. Cool. She's able to go back in time. And I didn't know if this one counted, but I had Inception on there. Was Inception more than ten years ago? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't check. I I didn't date check that one. But I remember thinking, why... No, no,
0: yeah, it was 2010.
1: Why did um, The Good Night come up as a fantasy movie, and Inception is probably just sci-fi? Well, I mean,
0: no, 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 I think you're right. I think it is definitely could be considered fantasy. Yeah, I mean, the, the only real sci-fi elements are is that, that there's a machine mm-hmm. that allows you to get into people's dreams. Other than that, I feel it's very fantastical that one would even be able to control one's dreams to begin with. Yeah. Heck, I hardly can control my dream. you know, ever.
1: Yeah. So, I feel like Inception is still pretty cool, still pretty amazing, oh. even though I almost played it out when we first got into it, because we loved it when it first came out. We were like, whoa.
0: Yeah, I saw it in the theater like three times.
1: Yeah, I saw it at least two, yeah. Inception, I think, did some really cool stuff that hadn't been done before, and I, I still love that. That scene in the elevator, mm-hmm. that's still insane to yeah. me that they did that, and I still don't know how they did it. Yep. I don't want to know how they did it. Nope. I think we've had this conversation. You said yep. that.
0: And I said I don't want to know how they did any of the effects. Because it's,
1: it's just it's, so cool.
0: Yeah. I I have some knowledge, and it's pretty freaking insane how they got some of these really? scenes filmed. Because basically they took... I mean, wait, wait, I, won't, I won't go uh, into too much no, detail. don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay, alright. I'll be quiet. Don't touch my dick. I'm not a bear. Very good.
1: <laughs>
0: so that was it. That was our top five lists and our, our uh, extra features there and stuff like that. I hope you guys have enjoyed this stuff. And we really want to thank you for listening to us. If, you know, for however long you have. If this is your first episode... Congratulations, we don't usually talk about things this this long or this seriously, and uh if you've been listening since the beginning, then you are awesome. Thank you
1: Thank you to anyone listening. We really appreciate it. yep, we really appreciate it, and thank you so much for helping us meet our funding goal. Oh,
0: I was going to talk about that. Oh, thanks, Mom, for paying for all our fun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Aaron's mom and my mom have uh, been downloading the podcast like twenty five times each, and that's why it looks like we get you know about fifty listens an episode. That's that's what's going on. I, I figured it out. I I still does not explain how many listens we've had on the stalker episode. <laughs> oh, that's no. the most mind
1: blowing thing for all of us. Two hundred
0: is going on. We're, we're also like two hundred mm-hmm. listens. I don't know what to tell you. I think people are thinking it's something else. Well, oh, finally it. a way to get rid of stalkers. Wait a minute. This episode is three doofuses talking about a movie that goes way over their head.
1: For some reason, every time I think about that movie, I get that Tori Amos song stuck in my head. Mm. That's like, I killed my monkey.
0: (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. As as Sarah was saying, our Kickstarter was uh, fully backed. Thank you very much for those people who pledged. Now, let me say... There's still uh, about two weeks left in the Kickstarter. Now, you don't have to, nobody else has to pleasure in anything because we can pay for our uh, renewal fees. But I do want to mention that we are doing other things. And honestly, if you guys, and I'm just throwing this out there, I'm just throwing, you know, you can pick whatever you want. If that renewal fee was the double, then we could get a second podcast out much sooner than I'm anticipating because we're already working on something. And I mentioned this in the Abyss episode. We're working on a horror movie podcast with our friend Jose. And uh, we have to figure out how to get the fees for that, which I think we're just, you know, right now the plan is we'll, we'll probably just, you know, put in some money together. But if you guys wanted to get that up sooner, we've already got an episode in the can and we're going to be doing another one next week. And we could just get, you know, any of that high-quality content we did out faster. Thank Thank you you. so much. Thank you. Once it's complete, we'll be sending out emails to the people who uh, want to pick out movies for us, and we'll start doing our shout-outs.
1: We're not going to shout-out anybody right now. No. No. No No shout-outs in this episode. No.
0: No, because I don't have your money yet, frankly.
1: Get real. Yeah, shout-out is thank you to If you want to send me a check...
0: If you want to send me a check and I can go and cash that check real quick, you know, if it doesn't bounce or anything like that, then I'll give you one of those. You're,
1: you're silly. Give like you your brother. That, you know. I'm not going to shout out my brother. No. <laughs> what do you ever do for me?
0: <laughs> you are my brother.
1: Thanks for listening for 50 episodes. We're. For- we're uh, kind of amazed we've done this many.
0: I feel weird that I don't have to come up with a lesson.
1: Me too. Or yeah, you can
0: come up with a lesson if you want to.
1: No, I'm glad. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, no homework.
0: I don't have a lesson at all. <laughs> no
1: lessons. A lesson None. is keep watching good movies. Yes. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> even going to do this
0: whole thing here. I'm just going to say thanks to David DeRoy. He did our theme music. Thanks, thanks David. David. Obviously, it's we love it. Like you know, we sing it. When we're not podcasting, that's how much we love it. So, thank you so much, thank David. Thank you
1: very much, David. And I've gotten
0: compliments on it from people who aren't on the podcast.
1: Ooh, David DeRoy. David, what? Uh, Jed,
0: your artwork was amazing. Uh, we have the black and white print. We've talked about how we, we want to put it up on the wall. Uh, we haven't got around to that yet, but...
1: <laughs> it is on the I know wall. where it is,
0: Aaron. You can't see it. Uh, it's invisible. Oh, Okay. And that colorized version that we're using for our logo is just so sweet. Uh, Aaron did a, an a awesome spaceship one picking up the headphones. Jess and That yeah, we also like a lot.
1: Thank yeah, we use you, that for Aaron. The personal stuff. Thank yeah, you. The you
0: guys are welcome. Something great. Thank you that, so much.
1: That picture is awesome.
0: <clears throat> Spencer, you have been our biggest cheerleader. You even wear that little skirt. And, uh, no, that's not true. <laughs> I just want to thank you so much. It means a lot. You know, I feel like I've got a friend in Delaware. Yeah. And I didn't even know that was a state till we, you know, met you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks.
0: You've been an awesome (laughs) asset to the podcast, not only because, you know, like, you share the posts and stuff like that, but you have been on and you, like, give this invaluable information and told us about movies and stuff like that. And it's, like, you were so cool, dude.
1: Yeah, Spencer, this is cool. We made a new friend through the podcast. Thanks, man. And, um.
0: Aaron said he loves you. Yeah.
1: And thank you to everyone who guested.
0: Yeah, thanks to all my past guests. Uh, I think I named somebody specifically, you know, I named my niece, uh.
1: Your niece, my mom.
0: Yeah, Jenny, Jenny and, uh, and Ryan from the. Clash of the Typons podcast. Um, Jose. And uh, Mr. Scott Cherry of Barbarian Rage. That's right. Mm. And Kempo.
1: of course. Can't forget Kempo. I know. We've had so many cool guests.
0: She's selling us some really good stuff. Yeah. And, you know, she sneaks on. <laughs> I saw her sneaking. She was trying to sneak on. No.
1: It's <laughs> okay. always great to have
0: her. Okay, so we'll see you next week, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.